If you're looking for inspiration and challenge in the world of early years and Key Stage 1 education, then you've just found it. Welcome to the Early Excellence Podcast. Hello everybody, Andy Burt here. Um, Welcome along to episode 11 of the Early Excellence Podcast. Since the last time I spoke to you, I've been doing a bit of jet setting. Um, yeah, get me, bit of jet setting. Um, I'm just back from um, Dubai, where I've been taking part in the guest exhibition over there, um, which was fantastic. Great to meet so many new people out there, people who work in international schools, really from around the world. So that was really interesting. Um, thank you to everybody at Guess for making for making me and for making Phil, uh, my colleague, really welcome. We had a fantastic time over there. Okay, um, on to this week. Well, this week in terms of the podcast, we've, I've put together something that I think builds really well on what we talked about last time. If you remember last time, if you listened to the last episode, episode 10, we talked all about the importance of consistency, of not changing lots and lots around within your room, but really thinking carefully about continuity and consistency. Well, within this episode, we build on that. We're talking about building on children's interests. And so as part of that, we're going to be talking about meaningful learning. So not having things that we are just changing and uh, refreshing, but actually making sure that what we do within the room is absolutely meaningful for the children. So we're going to consider the learning environment. We're going to consider consistency and flexibility. We're going to think carefully about the, the role of the adult implications for time and timings of the day. We're going to be thinking about enhancements, which of course we touched on last week. And of course, key questions for you to consider as part of your practice. Okay, I hope you find it useful. I'll be back at the end um, just before we finish. But yeah, I hope you find this particular episode useful. There's certainly a lot there to get your teeth into. Okay, so why is it important to build on children's interests? Well, anyone who's ever spent quality time alongside young children will know that their drive to learn is often powered by their own interests and their own fascinations. Attempting to teach young children without acknowledging these interests and their prior experiences can be frustrating for everyone involved and can lead to missed valuable learning opportunities too. There are a number of key factors that link to the effectiveness of the learning process. Our emotional response to a learning experience is crucial in determining future motivation and self-esteem around an area of learning. By acknowledging and building on children's interests, we help children feel valued as an individual, as someone who is an expert in their own life experiences. How meaningful a learning experience is perceived to be is also crucial. When we see learning as something which is useful to ourselves and our own lives, we tend to be more engaged in the process. Practice which is shaped by our own observations and interactions with the children in order that we can provide a meaningful learning experience is therefore vital. So what does this look like? And what are the key features of practice which which seeks to encourage, value, celebrate and build on the ideas and interests of young, young learners? Well, let's let's unpick it a bit. Let's let's look at the learning environment first of all. 
if adults and children are going to build a learning relationship around children's interests, the effectiveness of the learning environment will be the first key consideration. From the outset, if we want children to express their own ideas and interests effectively, then we'll need to consider the amount of resources and the number of possibilities that are provided for the children. Let's take a construction area as an example. It's often, I think, assumed that offering more construction kits will lead to more opportunities for learning. In reality, though, with too much on offer, how the materials are stored tends to be far from ideal. Large boxes filled with a mixture of component parts will be unwieldy for young children and lead to an endless search for wheels and connecting pieces. Offering up to three construction kits with each component part stored separately will mean that children will be able to have their own ideas and then be able to express them through the building process. Resources which can be used in a variety of different ways will also be a key feature of an effective environment. These open-ended materials will allow children to have their own ideas, whatever those ideas might be. Engaging in this process alongside young children will lead to valuable and rewarding teaching and learning, learning moments. A good starting point is to consider each of your classroom areas in turn with your team. So you might want to consider a few key questions here. When you think about your learning environment, does every resource earn its place on the shelf? Can the materials and resources be used in a variety of different ways? And are the resources stored effectively in order to encourage children to have their own ideas and then carry, carry those ideas out? What else do we need to consider? Well, as we talked about last week, in last week's episode, we need to consider consistency alongside some flexibility. If we want children to follow their own interests and make their own plans, then consistency within the environment will be crucial. If children are faced with a learning space which, in which resources are constantly rotated and furniture regularly relocated, then they'll be less likely to bring their own ideas to the space. A flexibility of approach, I think, is also key here. Topics or projects can be a great way of exploring ideas and concepts with the children in detail. But if the topic plan is too rigid, then other valuable learning opportunities can be missed. If a whole topic is planned at the beginning of a half term with set activities for each week, then we might be missing vital opportunities to allow our observations to inform our planning. So again, you might want to consider some key questions here. How flexible is your planning? Is it flexible enough to allow staff to respond to their observations of the children on a weekly basis? So is there a degree of flexibility there so that we feel that we are definitely meeting the needs of this, this particular group of children? This, of course, links, I think, very well to a lot of 
the key messages within the new EYFS framework. That idea of owning our curriculum, of ensuring that we have a clear idea of meeting the needs of the children and what, what our pedagogy is relating to the needs of the children. Let's consider another key aspect now. Let's consider time and how we use it. Too many stoppages during a session tends to interrupt the flow of children's ideas and will often result in lower levels of engagement. Within a well-planned learning environment, giving children uninterrupted time to follow their own interests and their own ideas will result in a much greater progression of those ideas. How we use time at the beginning and ends of sessions can be really important too. Allowing time at the beginning of a session to talk about what the children plan to do in the provision areas is a very effective way to, to really value children's interests. It enables adults to understand young children's thoughts and motivations and provides an opportunity to teach new vocabulary and scaffold thinking. Time at the end of a session can be used to celebrate achievements together, to make connections with the wider world and reflect on any problems that might need to be solved. So again, consider a few key things here. How much uninterrupted time do the children in your setting have in order to follow their own interests and to make progress with their own ideas? Is enough time given for children and adults to discuss ideas? So is the time at the beginning and ends of sessions to discuss ideas, discuss concepts, make connections linked to, their own, to the children's own ideas? Are there opportunities to have those really interesting conversations and discussions? That, that brings us on nicely to the next section. If we're really talking about effectively building on children's interests, then a key aspect of this is the role of the adult. We, we need to consider reflective and responsive adults within our setting. If valuing and building on children's interests is to be a central aspect of practice, then the role of the adult will need careful consideration. The use of adult time will need to reflect that teaching in the EYFS does not just, of course, happen at the carpet or the group table, but in a wide variety of other contexts. Interactions and observations in each of the provision areas will need to be used to build a clear picture of each child's development and, crucially, what drives this learning. Some children will be motivated to learn through easily recognised schemas. Others will express their ideas in different ways, such as through imaginative play, role play, building and constructing or painting. Adults will need to be skilled in interpreting not just the, the what their children are learning, but also how they learn best. How are they going about learning? Time for adults to discuss children's emerging interests and the patterns of their play will be invaluable in embedding a consistent approach and will inform the planning of meaningful, um, meaningful experiences. 
including the children in these discussions as part of a plan, do and review structure, provides both a powerful context for sustained shared thinking and an effective way of valuing the voice of the child. So you might want to consider that idea of the role of the adult within your setting. Does it fit with the the description that I've just provided of what we should really be aiming for? The next thing we need to consider here is how we respond to what we find out about our children's interests. And for this, we need to think about enhancements, short-term enhancements. When planning in the short term, it's important to remember the value of consistency within the learning environment. If we have, if we've carefully planned each of our continuous provision areas, we shouldn't need to make major changes to our learning environment on a weekly basis. Our observations and interactions with the children should enable us to know where key enhancements will need to be added to our learning environment in order to capitalise on an interest or to challenge, challenge children's thinking. For example, if the children have been fascinated by the process of exploring how water can be transported by pouring water through a funnel, a colander and tubing, then what other interesting resources might be added into that space in order, in the short term, in order to challenge their thinking? Well, in the first instance, we might discuss the children's interests with them, building a picture of the concepts that they're keen to explore alongside any misconceptions that they might have. This will give the EYFS team the opportunity to add a meaningful enhancement into the water area. This might be just one resource or a small set of resources, additional resources that will be there for the short term. So in this example, it might be about adding adding in a syringe or syringes, some tubing of different sizes or other containers, containers perhaps with holes in. Each one might be a really good starting point, but the key thing is that we are adding a meaningful enhancement here. So it's it's not based on an idea. It's not based on something that we found, an idea that we've seen elsewhere, online or wherever that might be. It's based on the observations that we have made and the conversations that we've had with our children. The learning process is a cycle. It's a cycle of reflection, discussion, and effectively planned responses. Add enhancements in this way based on your observations and your conversations. Okay, so it's got to be meaningful. It's got to be part of a cycle informed by our observations and what we know about our children. Remember, the process of adding resources needs to be both meaningful to the children and sustainable for the adults. Don't try to enhance every area of your provision every week, as this will be just too difficult to sustain and less effective in the long run. Adding enhancements to two or three provision areas each week really will allow staff to carefully consider their responses and to really show 
that they're building on the interests and the fascinations of the children. Okay, so let's consider a few questions again. Within your setting, thinking about enhancements, are enhancements firmly based on the adult's observations of children's interests and fascinations? Is the process of adding enhancements both sustainable for the adults and meaningful to the children? In your setting, is the assessment and planning process seen as a cycle? A cycle of observation, interaction, reflection, planning and meaningful response. And finally, how are your ongoing observations used to inform future planning? Okay, so how do you feel about all of that? Um, when you think about the idea of your curriculum being based on your children's interests and how you use your children's interests to develop rich context for learning, um, really worth considering, is your curriculum meaningful to your children? Does it build on the children's interests? And what about this particular group of children? Does it build on the interests of this particular group of children that you have now? There's certainly lots within the new EYFS framework about the importance of your curriculum, of owning your curriculum and also your pedagogy as well. So what about that? Owning your own curriculum. How do you feel about that? You know, all of those things that we've talked about within, to, within this week's episode, that idea of really knowing what you do and why you do it, really reasoning, um, justifying all of the, the choices that you make in terms of your classroom provision, the timings of your day, the role of the adult, all of those sorts of things. Is this something that you feel confident in doing, do you think, at the moment? Is this something that is a work in progress? Um, let us know how you're getting on. It would be really good to hear from you. Or if we can help, do get in touch. So uh, my email address is just andy at earlyexcellence.com. If you want to get in touch on social media, um, Early Excellence, we're on all of the different platforms. And I'm on Twitter. I'm at EEX. Yeah, it would be great to hear from you. So do get in touch. Um, next time, we are going to be having we've got a bit of a change next time we're going to be talking not about indoor practice but about the great outdoors we're going to be talking about storming it outdoors making the most of outdoor learning really very much whatever the weather all right so bring your wellington boots and your big coat and i'll see you next time all right take care bye bye If you're looking to refurbish your Key Stage 1 or Early Years classrooms or outdoor spaces, then do get in touch with us. We offer a free room planning service. As part of the service, one of our curriculum consultants will work with you on creating a vision for the space, designing your rooms, creating a detailed list of the equipment and the materials that you'll need to create that environment. If you want to know more about this particular service, then do get in touch with us. If you send us an email at admin at one of our team will get back in touch with you.